Uh, this is Kingdom Faith, where we talk about the Christian life, the good stuff, and the hard stuff. On this week's episode, I have a good friend of mine, uh, Jeremy Wall, and uh, he's been on the podcast before to share his testimony, a huge, uh, huge uh, testimony about what God's done in his life, how he was saved, and, and the struggles that he had before. And uh, I'm glad to have you back. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, so it's a new format for yeah, me. Yeah, it's a little different. <laughs> um, but a lot of things have been happening in your life since the last time you've been on, which has probably been a, almost two years or so. Yeah, it's been a while since since you've been on. So um, it'll be good. But we're going to talk about how God moves in in people's lives, and we're going to talk specifically about how God is moving uh, in Jeremy's life today. And, and I, I'm excited for this episode because um, I always love to see God moving in anybody's life. It's it's such a, a blessing to see. Um, hopefully you're able to rejoice with people you know that you see God moving in their life. Yeah, it's pretty it, awesome. It, it just it brings a smile to my face knowing that God's doing so, something with with somebody, which I know He does so many things that I you know can never even see or, or hear oh, yeah. or, or any of that. But I I like to. Sometimes we don't see it when he's moving in our own lives. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I, I definitely like to see it. So Jeremy, before we get started with this episode, why don't you just briefly share just a little bit about who you used to be um, and then kind of that, that change that's happened, just in case no someone didn't get a chance to, to listen to your testimony. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll reference that in the description, all that, so you can have a chance to to listen to, to Jeremy's full testimony. Um, but, but just tell us a little bit uh, about your testimony. Well, um, basically it started with uh, a lot of abuse when I was a kid. Uh, my dad molesting, being mm-hmm. on me, silver swarm, which led to the drug life. Which that life went into a whole lifetime worth mm-hmm. of drug use. How, how about how long were you? <sighs> Probably 30 years. 30 about years. 30 years. Yeah, mm-hmm. I started smoking dope when I was like 13. And then just different things throughout the years. And then I learned how to make meth before meth was illegal. And was in that whole scene. It became a lifestyle. You know, you did something for so long, become a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. So um, I came up to the point, basically, I was shooting heroin and shooting meth, uh, intravenous drug use. <laughs> um, my house had burned down, lost everything I owned, everything I loved, kind of went on a suicidal streak for a little bit. Didn't really care where I was going, what was happening. Mm. Um, I was a felon then, and I was carrying guns back then, which I, you know, you're not supposed to. Mm. But you know, like suicide by cop. I actually finally, eventually, planned on, hey man, I'm done. Uh, I'm gonna do it up, and just throw a weird set. God connected dots in weird ways. Mm. I ended up leaving a note at a friend's house. The friend found it, called the police. The police came. Uh, I thought they were there for a different reason, of course, mm-hmm. but they were doing a wellness check because they heard that I wanted to commit suicide. And then my brother got involved and he's like, look, I'll, I'll send you to rehab. I'm like, I ain't not going to rehab, dude. And then uh, he made me promise that I wouldn't do it. And then when I went to talk to the guy that I left the note at, Kenny, my Christian friend, mm-hmm. he said, the way you're going to pay me back is to take you to church. You got to come to church with me. I'm like, really, dude? So he knew that if I promised him, because even in those days, my nickname was old school. I had a weird set of old school values i said all right i promise i went there preacher talked me into doing the sinner's prayer and it was either beat the old guy up or go through it so i just mouthed the prayer and but at the end you know i went through the whole sinner's prayer but at the end i interrupted him i said hey preacher we got to add something to this and he's like what i said if god wants me he's got to prove it because i'm done with faith Mm -hmm. and i basically went to bed for six days uh in the back of my truck up on top of the hill like claire because I've been up for like 20 some days all methed out. And I heard, I woke up and I didn't didn't have any urges to do drugs. 
I put my hand out and it's not shaking. I'm not feeling that full-blown withdrawal after being without. And I got the devil in my head going, you got so high Saturday, you're still high on Wednesday. We all know that ain't right. And then that's when it's it's still harder for me to describe to this day. Mm-hmm. Sorry. You're fine. <laughs> So I heard the Lord's voice for the first time and it like filled the truck, the back of my head. You can feel it from the top of your head, the bottom of your toes kind of thing. And he said, I just proved it. Now what punk? And a lot of people say, Oh God didn't say punk. I'm an eighties baby. That's like my term. Like if I like you, like I believe it's, I think I've even said to you, Hey punk, what are you doing? <laughs> um, God knew what to say to me and mm-hmm. it just freaked me out. So that was, that began a journey of discovery of, why did God save me the way he did? And, uh, you know, where am I going from here? You know, six months laid out of my, finally got a camper and mm-hmm. parked beside somebody's house, laid out on the camper for switching my music fortes, reading the Bible, praying, listening to Christian music and just crescendo from there until I got to this point yeah. <laughs> for the last yeah. seven years. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I've heard your testimony quite a few times, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's still powerful. It is. And it's not that, you know, you're so special no, that you see god's hand in your life definitely um and in a mighty might a way and which i love a way that you can only say that was god yeah and that's what i love only so much god. about it and and i know man god's been using you yeah god's been using you a lot around <laughs> here and i know i know he's definitely probably pushed you a little bit out of your comfort oh, yeah. zone and, a lot and things like that but jeremy tell me what's going on in your life um, I guess I, I want to refer back to it. You kind of wrote some things down for me to kind of mm-hmm. peruse for this episode. And I, and then I wanted to come up with a verse that really meant something to me. Mm-hmm. And I came up with Ezekiel 36, 26. Uh, yeah. And I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Um, so that's verse pretty much sums up what happened to me completely yeah. <laughs> over the last seven years. So it's like um, before, dude, I was pretty cold hearted. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you live in the drug world your whole life, I mean, to the point of just being really evil. I'm thinking about it now and I'm like, wow, I used to be that guy. I mean, it kind of mm-hmm. freaks me out a little bit. And, and all the chances that I had to go to prison were multiple. I mm-hmm. mean, you know what I'm saying? And then um, I started... I started um, doing things, working here, living at the church. The pastor, I think, felt pity for me a little bit the first time. And he's like, dude, you're out running around the streets. He goes, we got this house that we're not using yet. He's like, you know, the upstairs is still decent. Do you want to move in over there? He goes, you'll have to work for the church a little bit, you know, do some cleanup and, you know, odds and ends and things like that. And, of course, even then, I still hee-hauled. I was like, because he would ask me, you know, I think it was three or four weeks, him going, so you thought about moving in over there next door? And I'm like, finally, I was like, yeah. So I moved in over mm-hmm. up there. So I was there for probably three years, three or four years before mm-hmm. we even opened the men's house. But I was over here working at the church and doing things. And then he asked me to do a drug and alcohol con- cat class. And I'm like, I don't, he goes, well, do you want to, he goes, I want you to sit on my drug and alcohol classes. I'm like, okay. So I sat in and then uh, two or three weeks later, he's like, hey, why don't you teach half a class with me? I'm like, uh, okay. And I mean, I'm, I'm not, you know, I've never been a teacher or anything else. I've never taught yeah. anything per se. And um, then he goes, you ready for your first class? <laughs> oh, okay. What am I going to be teaching? 
he knew I had a problem with procrastination <laughs> for the one like waiting to come here and just in general, mm. you know, because when, when you're in the old lifestyle, you don't know how the next minute's going to be, how it's going to fall. So you procrastinate getting things accomplished yeah. or things done. So he goes, you're going to teach on procrastination and, dr and drug recovery and how that works. I'm like, great. Okay. <laughs> so I taught the class and then, you know, eventually a couple of odds in class. So now I've been doing it for the last three years myself. Yeah. So he, yeah, he was pretty sneaky yeah. <laughs> that way. <laughs> but I'd start doing that. And then I have a friend named Barb and mm -hmm. Barb is a professor at Indiana Western University. As a matter of fact, this little red notebook I got here was one of the notebooks, this leather bound notebooks that the nurses bought for me along mm -hmm. with a mug and all that. Cause, um, for the last couple of years, two, three years, I've been going to Indiana mm -hmm. Western University and a lot of these students have never been around anybody that's been involved in drugs or alcohol or anything like that. Plus they're taking the psychology of that. They're mm -hmm. taking nursing classes to become nurses and it's a Christian, it's a Christian mm -hmm. college. So, um, basically she goes, do you want to come give your testimony? I'm like, okay, I, I guess. And I get there and of course I'm in a college conference room dude and it's all like rounded so everybody's stacked and they're all looking at you and I was like the center folks and I'm like uh my name's Jeremy <laughs> and they're all giving me the look and I'm like y'all here are probably much more intelligent than I am but I'm here to talk to you about drugs and alcohol in my testimony so I gave my testimony um it had a lot of positive feedback and then Barb said can we get some hands-on so I asked my class on Friday because it's open to the public in the women's shelter. The women mm -hmm. are, have to come over and take that class. And I said, are you guys okay with that? Because I, if you guys are uncomfortable with me coming in, I won't do it. And they're like, yeah. So ever since then, I've done bunches and bunches and bunches of these nurses have sat on classes. No, nobody that's come to the classes has ever said no. And it's worked out really good because they get to interact with people who are trying to get their lives straight. And they're very like, wow, this person's really making it. Mm -hmm. So that's become a great interaction. I've got a whole bunch of like their term papers when they write in there. It's very humbling about some of the stuff they say. So I've done that. I've been in Mexico twice on two mission trips. Um, another group in, uh, out by Decatur. I got some friends there and they're like, hey, you want to go to Mexico and, and uh, California on a mission trip? Uh, I've never been in a plane before. <laughs> never flown on a plane. So that was a whole new experience. So, getting saved and then going through these processes i'm learning new things and i'm getting a chance to do stuff that druggy jeremy would never get be able to fly on an yeah. on a air flight and go out of the country you mm -hmm. know what i mean so i go down there and we're outside of tijuana which is not the vacation spot uh, of where you want to go and we're talking dirt roads houses built in hills and all this and they make dwellings for people and they have these different places where they the kids come and mm -hmm. Um, they take care of the kids while the ladies are out, single mothers are out working and stuff like that. Uh, they do a lot of food stuff there and all this and that. So Pastor Gilbert runs that. It's basically, they're kind of like a habitat for humanity kind mm -hmm. of thing, what he does. But we went there like just to support and talk to people. Mm -hmm. And so then you spend most of your week there and then you come to California on Skid Row. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because we get to Skid Row and I have these typical Christian people that's never really had that kind of world experience. And we're in this old beat up church van. We've got, you know, socks and candy and water and chips all in bags to pass out. And we pull up and this guy is leaned back against the wall and he's just pushing the plunger down on the syringe. And I hear from behind me, oh my, are we getting out here? Pastor Gilbert's like, yeah, we're getting out here, dude. <laughs> so we get out and he goes, so they get out and immediately they're taking pictures. And I'm like, no, 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 no. He said, man, you guys are going to get shanked. 
I said, you need to ask for permission to take it. So it was, and Pastor Gilbert's like, man, I could leave you here overnight. You'd be all right, huh, Jeremy? I'm like, yeah, probably. So it was a whole experience for them, but it was almost like, you know, yeah, I've been there, done that. But I got a chance, an opportunity to pray for people. Man, I had so many people walking, hey, man, will you pray for me? I'm like, yeah, I bet. Mm-hmm. You know, so that was a rule. I was going to say, if you're a Christian and you're watching this, one of the bigger things that you can do if you want to get comfortable is pray for people in weird places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. that's kind of guy. I've been on mission trips. I've been teaching classes. I've been doing all that. Um, of course, I've had a lot of felony record, too. Mm-hmm. Major felony record. Uh, not a lot of misdemeanors, felonies, things that I've done in the past that I probably should have been hit for that I didn't. You know, making meth, that's highly illegal. Um, so I've been trying to get, was trying to get my record expunged in 2013. It didn't go through, uh, on one of them, the rest of them I got, but the 2013 one. And I think and it's kind of weird how that one played out because without getting any details, they just basically denied it, um, mm-hmm. on the past and what happened during that felony. So here it is, you know, uh, to 2013 till now, um, there's been a lot of change in my life since then. Yeah. God's had a huge influence in that. Mm-hmm. Um, so when we put in, put the paperwork in for the the expungement, uh, the the nurses at Indiana Wesleyan University were like, "Yeah, you can include our papers." And I had like 40 nurses come through this last time. Mm-hmm. So I I actually <laughs> had 40 testimonies. I had 40 of them. The pastor wrote. Uh, a letter which was very humbling in itself too because mm-hmm. I know the pastor is very particular about who he associates his name with which was I mean you know it's like wow man that's cool um, his wife did one and uh, so and then Mike's personal experiences about you know um, my mission trips and all that stuff was in there and my own personal letter and I came very clean in that letter um, I've never been in trouble for alcohol or drugs never got a charge per mm-hmm. se but I laid it on the line with the judge, and I told you straight up, hey, look, I was, I was an addict, and I had this happen, that happen, and I'm just not who I was. I even referred, I think, to uh, Romans 13, uh, 1 through 7, where it says, you know, about the authority. Mm-hmm. Um, God gives men authority. And I quoted him. I said, whatever, whatever, I quoted some of those verses, and I said, whatever you decide, I'm good with, because God's obviously put you in that position of power. Well, lo and behold, two weeks ago, I'm sitting in court, scared out of my mind <laughs> sitting there my brother you know you know how the attorney does they disappear before the court date so you're like left sitting in this courtroom all alone i'm like so i'm like okay god <laughs> i'm like okay god let, please let this whatever happen happen you know you need to be the one involved in this if you want me to want this to go away i know your will will let it go away if not i'm personally asking that this happens mm-hmm. that, that would it be in my favor so I asked for that. There was other people praying for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Did you? Oh, yeah. If you didn't, you're going to be in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're going to be in trouble, Bunk. Uh, um, but there was a lot of people praying for that. And so then he gets in there and he's looking through the papers and he asked me, you know, hey, well, well why? Sh-? And it was funny because <laughs> my brother's my attorney. And he asked the question. He says, Mr. Wall, me and my brother both went, yep. We all just kind of looked at each other and laughed. So that was that was that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And then later on, it happened again. And then the, the judge, we're all laughing. Even the prosecutors laughing. Yeah. And finally, the judge is like, "I'm going to call you Attorney Wall, and I'm going to call you Mr. Wall." And we're like, "I'm like." So then he asked me, "He's like, well, what do you want?" He goes, "Why are you asked for this punishment?" I said, "Because I, you know, 
I'm changed my life completely up, so forth and so on. And I said, um, a lot of it has to do with closing this chapter in my life. I said, God has already, you know, changed my spirit, you know, like Ezekiel, mm. changed my spirit, put in a heart of uh, flesh instead of stone. I said, all that, God has completely changed my life, which I'm good with. Mm -hmm. I go, but the world, I want, in the world, I want it to be able to close that chapter and it just be done. Mm. And went through, had a bunch of other little questions here and there. And at the end of it, he didn't even contest it. He goes, I'm going to grant this without prejudice. So I guess that means it's some kind of political term, granting it without prejudice. I have no idea. It's, it's granting it above and beyond, I guess, because mm -hmm. is what it was. So he didn't didn't even flinch, did nothing. He's like, I'm I hereby grant this without prejudice, which means he didn't take it under advisement. He didn't mm -hmm. get back with us later. It was done. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. That's awesome. And yeah, it's pretty awesome. I didn't really feel it. I didn't. I, I mean, I was excited. You know, I, I was like, okay. And it, it, I don't think it really dawned on me until I got home. And I got on Facebook. Of course, I get home. I get on Facebook. I had my brother take a picture of me outside the house, and and then when I thank God for it. Mm -hmm. yep. That's when it hit. <laughs> it's like, wow, this is big. Yeah. When you think about it, like you said, you know, when, when we get saved, God puts in us that new heart, you know, that heart of flesh instead of the heart of stone and gives us a new spirit, gives us the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, but it's almost like when I, when I think about that story, and your record getting expunged. How long did you have that record, by the way? Um, I was 18. So that felony was from when I was 18 years old. I did something stupid. I was living in a foster home. Did something stupid. Yeah. Made it a felony level because mm -hmm. of the stupidity involved yeah. in it. Um, so I've had that for, for 30, 49, 30, 40 I'm 49 years. years old now. And I just got expunged yeah. two weeks ago. So from 18 years old to 49. Yeah. That whole that whole time that's been hanging over my head. Yeah, that's when when you think about that and and, and God, you know, because all all we need is is salvation ultimately. Right. Yeah. But then you know when you ask God something like that, God make me. I know you made me clean spiritually, but make me clean it in the world standards, whatever that means. But yeah. not having a record anymore, not not having to to really even look back anymore you know you go on your your case file that's gone now you know completely washed away yeah. you know what does that mean for you to have that completely wiped away not only your sins completely wiped away but even now something as much as your felony record well for one you get all the legal rights back i mean you get the right to vote the the right to go do this and right yeah. to do that the right to bear arms all that stuff comes back mm -hmm. so in the wording i think it's um shall be considered as if it never happened yeah. some of the wording of it mm -hmm. it's very legalistic but we, you become less than a person um because you don't have those rights it's, that's the legal wording mm -hmm. i think <laughs> from the way i understand it yeah. and then when you get your expungement you're made back a person again so and shall be considered a lawful person basically yeah. because up until then you're not really a lawful person because you can't vote you can't bear arms you can't uh, you got to put it on every job application. Uh, you have to tell people if there's something going on. Like if I were to go to speak at another church and some of their bylaws might have said, we don't allow a felon, mm -hmm. an ex-felon to be on the stage and give his testimony on a yeah. Sunday. Uh, we're okay Wednesday, but not Sunday because, you know, he's a felon. All that's gone. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like anytime somebody looks something up about Jeremy Wall now, 
It's weird. You can't get rid of your traffic record. <laughs> just <laughs> FYI, that sticks with you for life. Because I asked him, like, can I, can I get rid of the traffic? That's my brother. Can I get rid of the traffic stuff too? And he's like, nope. Unfortunately, that stays there forever. Yeah. So yeah, don't speed. It yeah. stays there forever. Right? Yeah. But no, God, like thinking about it on the whole front of it, God has like, it goes back to that, uh, the east is from the west. Like Psalms 103.1, that's the other one I wrote down. It said, the Lord, Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. Mm-hmm. He's basically taken this Bible verse, which applies to the spirit and the heart and applied it in the present and the physical. Mm-hmm. So not only has he, he does this inside us, he just proved this verse yeah. outside of us. He proved it in the real world. Cause this yeah. verse applies to what happened with my expungement. Yeah. So it's like, it's the biblical, it's like, it's like there's somebody says there's a cutoff between biblical knowledge and the world and all. Dude, he just went, Phew. I'm going to show you who God is. This mm-hmm. is what's up. You're clean. Yeah. Dude, I'm sure, I don't know if God will ever get tired of us thanking him, but it's like <laughs> for the past couple of weeks, I'll just be like, thank you, God. That was awesome. <laughs> I mean, I keep doing that occasionally. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, I, I think about it too in a way that, you know, you know, because you're right, because when you when you have a felony charge, and, and no matter really how long ago or anything, um, you have to tell certain people. You, yep. you you can't do certain things, but now God's wiped that away, and then you think, why did he do that? Is it so that I can do something for him down the road? You know, like you right. like to say, connect the dots. Yeah, how dot, Maybe God connects the dots. You think about 10 years down the road, well, how, whatever God uses you for, and maybe you'll look back at your record being expunged and say, God did that so I could do this. I can tell you probably whatever it is, I'm going to be very uncomfortable doing it at yeah. first. <laughs> God has a tendency to like throw me in the deep yeah. end on some of this stuff sometimes. He's just like, well, Jeremy, here's the task. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, wow, God just threw me in the deep end on this one. Well, okay. It's kind of like, you know, you're becoming a preacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, did you hee-haw before you became a preacher a little yeah. bit? You a go while. back and forth. Yeah. Because God tasked you with it, but you just couldn't wrap your mind around it. I You're said, like, nope. No, there's no you way. You got to be wrong. <laughs> yeah, there's no way I'm going to be a preacher. Now, in my personal opinion, you've turned out to be a great preacher. Oh, you have really good blessings on Sunday. I mean, we're, we're pretty good friends. Mm-hmm. We do the discing together. Yeah. You got me disc golfing this year that I'm totally addicted mm-hmm. to, which is good. Um, but yeah, we've been messing people on the disc on the mm-hmm. golf course. We've talked about God mm-hmm. with that I've shared some of my testimony with and yeah. you know i gave my full testimony to a couple ladies that worked there and they were like wow dude and i gave them numbers to the house told them about what's going on with the men's house and this and that so i've had an opportunity even i i kind of practice telling where god's at all the time yeah. you know wherever i'm at so mm-hmm. yeah that's one thing about jeremy is he's never <laughs> shy to tell you about what god is doing in his yeah. own life and what god has done in his life and yeah. and and like you said uh you know you mentioned disc golf and um, you know, getting to see people's reactions to you sharing your testimony or, or even like when your record got expunged and, and things like that to, and to watch people who might, I mean, I don't know their, what they think or where they're at in their life, but to think maybe that they're thinking, wow, God can actually do that or God actually did that. 
or or do I need God to do that in my own life? And I know you've went, you know, you've had some deep conversations with some people out there about about you know your testimony about God and and a lot of things like that. Um, you know, that I we keep talking about it because it's still an amazing thing um, for God to to show us who He is, basically. <laughs> yeah. Dude, the way I got saved, okay, when I, I, I'd been doing these classes for a long time. Now there, there's men coming into the house. Um, a lot of the people that come in have problems with addiction, um, alcohol, drugs, lifestyles. The whole mm-hmm. lifestyle is in that addictive lifestyle. Um, that, everything from drug A to B. So then I get to tell, I get a chance usually to tell them because I do a class at the house too. I get to tell them what's going on, how things have changed, and all this and that. So being able to now, I can add that onto my testimony. Not only can God save you from that life, if you listen to him, follow the plans that he has for you, and toe the line, there might be an opportunity later on that if you ask God a request to like clean that up, he can. It's yeah. obvious. When you're, and, and I don't look at it kind of like other people look at, I'm living the life, mm-hmm. so it doesn't, it means a lot to me. But like when you're saying other people look at it and they're like, wow, to me, it's like, okay, this is life. This is just what it is. Other people are like, wow, dude, you used to, and I'm like, that doesn't hit me like that. Mm -hmm. What hits me is like, dude, the only reason I'm a testimony that I can say this is so that you can see that it's for real. Mm -hmm. You you know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of consider it like a proof, you know, more than a, hey, look, I did that. No, it's Mm -hmm. God can change anything from point A to point B. Yeah. I said, this is why I was such a screw up here, and now I'm all the way not having any felonies now. Well, what does that tell you? There ain't nobody can do that but God, mm-hmm. the way I got saved. Yeah. Not one day of withdrawal mm-hmm. took the urge to use drugs for me completely. That is a miracle. And if you're gonna term a miracle, I'd call that a miracle, like oh, supernatural, yeah. however you want to say it. There's nobody that could do that. I did drugs for 30 years with no desire to go to recovery, no desire to stop, no no desire to be like, I'm done. Maybe every once in a while I thought about quitting or I'd quit for a week or so. You know, something happened family-wise and I'd be ashamed or whatever. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, I was head on. And dude took the urge to use for me and never had one day of withdrawal. Yeah. That's supernatural. That's yeah. There's only, the only oh, yeah. one explanation. God. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, so you mentioned a bit. We'll change change a little right. bit. As you mentioned the fact that you went to uh, Indiana Wesleyan yeah. uh, University to because your your friend Barb, you know, she she teaches yeah, she's classes a professor there. there. And, yeah. uh, she's a professor there, and she's asked you to come. Yeah. What was that like? And I know you mentioned some of it, but you know, you you are coming from a totally different background than these ladies and men or whoever right. is in this class. And now they're coming all the way to Huntington. Yeah, for Marion. Yeah, to you teach the yeah. uh, life recovery yeah. class. to be part of it. Yeah, yeah. Um, like I said, at first I was scared to death. I'm like, man, I, these people. Okay, when I'm looking at it, I'm looking at like these people are highly intelligent. Obviously, they're in nursing. Um, they've been in school for a while. They're actually going to college. I mean, I've seen the inside of a college, but I've never actually even been enrolled anywhere. I just barely graduated high school, you know what I'm saying? And that was only by the skin of my teeth. Um, so here I am going in front of these people that are highly intelligent. They're Christian, have been, most of them have been Christian mm-hmm. for a good length of time. Is why they're going to a Christian school. So, and you get in front of these people that don't really have that past or have heard that past. 
it was almost like, what do I, I told Barb, I'm like, what do you want me to say? Should I sugarcoat, you know, sugarcoat this a little bit so they're not shocked? And she's like, because she's like, no, you need to be very real and very raw. So I could tell as it was progressing, it was, they were just like, they had that look like. Yeah, they're glued. Yeah, and I mean, even, even later, some of the nurses in, I think, the second class, I, she, I, they go, man, you, you don't know how interesting your testimony is and how you know much it means. And I'm like, well, what do you mean by that? And she's like, because usually every single class, somebody in the class is dinking around. They're on their phone, they're on their laptop, they're emailing so-and-so, they're watching, they got earplugs, they watch. She goes, you know how I, how I know it meant something? I said, why? She goes, nobody was on their phones, laptops, earplugs in, nothing. They were engrossed. And I'm like, well, that's probably because God was involved in it. I said, you know what I mean? I go, I'm not that interesting person. This, this story that I'm telling you happens out there all the time. Yeah. I mean, maybe not necessarily how I got saved, but the same story of addiction, the same story of problems in life, the same stories of abuse and neglect mm-hmm. and all that happens all the time. Yeah. But yeah, it was very humbling. And especially when I started getting some of their letters back or getting some, cause they do a thing about that class. Mm-hmm. And uh, I even talked to the, ended up the second year, I talked to the Dean of Boys. Uh, Barb introduced me to him and I, at the time I'm wearing, I'm wearing my old gun jacket. It's leather jacket, sleeveless jacket, got this hat on, sunglasses, ripped up blue jeans and sleeveless shirt. And, um, I, she goes, introduces the Dean and I introduced myself and he's like, I've heard good things about you. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> okay. And he's like, uh, yeah, he goes, we do, and there's some kind of, in college, they do some kind of thing where a teacher or a class or something stand out. They do like a report or something. Mm-hmm. He goes, your name keeps coming up in my reports. I'm like, is that a good thing or a bad thing? He goes, no, it's very good. So then he even talked to Barb about, I guess, maybe like doing some kind of like paying me to come. Yeah, I God blows my mind on how far he can move you on mm-hmm. stuff. I'm like, whoever thought I'd be, you know this guy mm-hmm. getting paid by which it hasn't happened yet barb is getting ready to retire so she's talking to the dean about me continuing on there mm-hmm. if it's in god's will or go on yeah. if not i'll move on to something else yeah. maybe the expungement is the something else um <laughs> yeah exactly i don't that know might, that could help yeah potentially open open the door yeah. for that uh, spot to every now and then or whatever or maybe the college has a policy where they can't hire a felon or they can't That's what I mean. yeah so maybe that expungement was all part of that moving on i don't know god's pretty awesome when he starts connecting dots yeah. on things you yeah. never know until the end um so, oh, so, you've, been, so you've been teaching a life recovery class for about three years or whatever yeah. now yeah three three um, now. um and you probably have oh i don't know you probably have no idea i have no idea how many people have probably come through that class had to do an annual those annual report things. I squeaked out of it the last couple of years. Yeah. We all have our annual reports <laughs> where we got to say you know numbers and all that. So I went back through. I'd say at least three or four hundred people mm-hmm. have been through that. That's class. probably pretty close. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Um, because you know, like you said, you, you know, now you're teaching two classes. Yeah, for the, for the one for the men's life house as well. Yeah. Um, but you, all the transition that happens at the women's life house, you know people who come off the streets yeah. you have your nurses that have have come in yeah. um now you think about where you were you know the drugs and the alcohol and and all the other stuff that you was going on before you were saved before um you know god was you know wor- worked in your life in that mighty way what's it like now to teach all those people 
how to how to get their life right. Basically. Yeah, it's like it's like the verse. I don't remember what it is, but God uses the the weak, the yeah, the feeble, the confound yeah. the wise. Yeah. It's kind of like on that concept. I mean, I took his drug addict off the streets, and now I got him in these positions, teaching this, teaching that. Um, the best thing I can quote it to is when I okay. So if somebody go, okay, Jeremy, you, I'm gonna let you get in a time machine, and you get to go back and change one thing in your life. What would it be? I go, I don't want to trip backwards. Unless you're gonna take me back so I can meet Jesus, that'd be yeah. kind of cool. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool to go around there. Then they probably still lock me up for the way I was dressed, but. I wouldn't want to change anything about my life because now my life has become a teaching point. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I, there's when people start talking to me, um, the only thing I can't really relate to is being an alcoholic. I've never had a problem with alcohol really. Mm -hmm. So, but everything else being molested, being beat on, being in bad relationships, prison, foster homes, uh, whites to, uh, <laughs> I mean, you name it. Yeah. I've kind of been through it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So when I'm talking to people, I can relate. And in that relation, I can say, okay, this is what happened. I, ha I know enough, like, when I start talking about, like, a lot of people wouldn't know what a rig is. They're like, mm -hmm. a rig? What's a rig? And then, well, that's a hypodermic needle you use to shoot marijuana. When I'm talking to the people, they know what that means. They know what a rig means. They know what dope, the term dope means. And, like, if you're old, that meant marijuana. If you're newer, yeah. that means, like, methamphetamine yeah. and all that. So they know when I'm telling them, hey, look, I know you can cut fentanyl patches up and do this or that way, they, they get it. They realize that I actually know what they're talking about. And then after they realize we're all, we, I've been there, I understand, then I can bring in, look, but this is what I do, this is what happened, this is how I changed. This change is an option for you, dude. If you give this stuff up to God, this is how this can help you out. Mm -hmm. So like all my classes, right, I found out I was doing the Christian 12-step, right? And it went 12 step program kind of based off AANA. Mm -hmm. And I did lesson one, learning you have a problem, uh, admitting that you have a problem and that you're not in control. Then it had 1.1, 1.2, 1.3, 1.4. Doing this class, having all the women transition out of that house and people walk in and off the streets all the time, I realized this is kind of hard because you know somebody's not necessarily ready for the men's step yeah Dude, you need to just be sober for a year or more before you try and go make amends or you're going to screw up your sobriety yeah so then i got into okay how can i do this so i looked up psychology of things i started looking up like what's the psychology of alcoholism what's the psychology of codependency and then i would take these and this is where when you're talking about life improvement um so i needed a laptop my old laptop fried it was 100 years old and I needed it for class because I wanted to start downloading some of that stuff, taking the psychological spin, then adding my own perspective about how God affects that and mix the two together to make a lesson plan. Mm -hmm. And I called up my brother. I said, hey, man, can you format one of your old computers and then buy yourself a new one? I need one. So my brother, knowing that I'm living this new lifestyle, you know, he's seeing it, which he can't explain it because he was kind of, he's kind of a little bit of an atheist before. But now he's like, I'm not drinking your Kool-Aid, but there must be something to it kind of deal. Um come and drop the laptop brand new laptop off you know like 650 dollars mm -hmm. laptop the old jeremy he would have never gave that to because he knows yeah. what i probably would have done with it mm -hmm. but because it was for my class and i told him it was something i needed for my class he bought it so i'm going through there and that's how i basically do my lesson plans i'll, I'll find there's psychology in it but a lot of that's raw and without god mm -hmm. so then i take my own personal experiences i realize the psychology part of it and then i insert God's part in it. Okay, God can change your mind in this area. God, if you give this sin up to God, He will help you work through it. So that's why I try and do. I mean, that's mm -hmm. so all my classes are usually a little different. Yeah, I got a little repetition sometimes, mm -hmm. but.
Yeah, it's hard. Um, and so and that, and that's you know it's cool. You know, I'm sure you've learned a lot from, oh, yeah. from teaching these this class. Just different terms and you know oh i didn't realize that or 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 even just opens your perspective up on a lot of things what does it mean to you the, that god is using you there when we think about it when we think about it like that you know that god picked you i mean he did i mean i believe he did you know jimmy you know you know said here teach this class yeah but ultimately <laughs> you know god said jeremy i want you right here it helps me keep my life straight yeah. I mean, if you really, I mean, when I really think about it, it's not, um, it's very humbling for one. But the other part of that too is I don't ever think I'm good enough to do this class and blah, blah. I don't think that. I think just I need to teach that class as much as I need it to keep my own life straight because yeah. it helps keep me on track. If you're doing so, okay, if I'm talking to you about not doing methamphetamine or shooting heroin, and then if I were to go back and do that, what would that do? It would destroy my ministry. Yeah. Um, and I know I kind of know that's where God's got me in this niche. I kind I kind of realize that now, especially when I pray before class, and I have absolutely I have procrastinated. Remember, I have procrastinated till the day of. I'm like I have absolutely no idea what I'm going to teach today. I got busy doing some of the other stuff, so I'm sitting outside. I'm like, okay, God, I screwed up. I really need going to need your help. You're going to have to give me something to say during this class because I just. And then I get into class and everything just flows, mm. you know, because the spirit's involved in it. So, yeah, <laughs> I don't think of it like that. I think I'm it's hard to I don't think of it like God had just placed me there. I think of it more as like it's a relationship we have. I'm doing this because I love you and I respect you, Lord. And I'm doing this because I want to help other people learn who you are because mm. I know how much you've helped me. Yeah. It's like it's like this big circle thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's the best way I can describe I it. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll move on to one more thing, Jeremy. Now you are the the night manager at the Men's Life House, which the Men's Life House has been open for about six months, seven months now. Um, and obviously, you were you've been living up there in the apartment area yeah. um, before all that. Um, it helped fix up the house you know you've done a lot and they, you yeah you take and, your own credit you've done a lot of work over there man yeah they've already heard about all that <laughs> when we were doing it um but now you're in it like yeah. there's one thing to get the house ready you know think about what you're going to be doing your job role now you've been in it now for seven months what's it like because you've met people that you've known from your past oh yeah that was so that's a that's a different experience you know not now now you have people that you probably done drugs with before oh yeah uh, or and, um, oh, yeah. gotten fights before i don't know all sorts of different things right. um so what's it like now being in that role there at the men's house um it's very fulfilling a lot of the guys that i meet the newer guys and that i know yeah that i'm learning who they are and whether about seeing their walk some of them progress and some of them don't somebody asked me what one time what's your take on this place man what and i said look i said we're a shelter we're here to help you get back on your feet we're here for you to get your life back in order, pay your fines, pay your fees, um, maybe get you a vehicle, get you some education if you need it, and all this and that. We have a program based on that. It's eight months, or it's four months, eight months, six months. Mm -hmm. So, depending on the person, you finding God is the bonus in that. Yeah. Us being able to talk to you about who God is and what he's about, that's the bonus part of the shelter. Um, and they're like, really? I said, yeah. And then they also get confused about rehab. They're like, 
well, what, what do you mean we're not? I'm like, this isn't a rehab, this is a shelter. So I had, you know, I had to make mm -hmm. that distinction. Um, <laughs> story. So our director, Carl, does intakes, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the times he intake this guy, I'm not, I'm not gonna say names, we're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, he intake this certain individual and, and at the very end of it, he says, do you know Jeremy Wall? He goes, yeah, that dude's a punk, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> He goes, well, um, I hate to tell you this, but he's the night manager here. Oh, well, uh, he's like, can you deal with that? Uh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> My take is I don't hold those old grudges anymore. I don't hold them like, you know, you owe me $1,000 from 10 years ago, Paul, where's the money? I don't, mm -hmm. that's all material, dude. And I don't have the same thought process as I have. Ezekiel. I'm telling you, man, Adam, <laughs> then, yeah, between that and the one that's on my arm, the first John 4, 4 with the cross for, for he was in me a starter and he was in role. That really like changes. So he held the scrubs, but it was one sided. And I come down, I'm like, dude, I don't hold nothing against you, man. You're okay. And he's like, well, blah, blah. I'm like, look, man, I go, God is, and I just lay down in the God card right away. Dude, I'm clean. I'm sober. Been this way, this man. I just started doing the lay down of what God has done for me. And dude, it's like, bing, 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 bing. And you can have the same thing too. Mm -hmm. You just need to figure out who God is, bro. And you can get right. So it's been one side of it. It's been good. The other side of it, the other side of it is, I know this dude, I ain't listening to him. <laughs> yeah. So it's been both ways. Mm -hmm. Some of the girls, I've had some of the girls come through class that I used to actually shoot dope with. Yeah. And um, as they're progressing, some of them become Christian. They find God, they become Christian. And then, my story and their story are kind of in a com combined state. So in class, it becomes like a teaching thing or they'll bring it up. Man, I remember when you used to do this. Dude, I can't believe I used to be that way. So it, it's good and bad both. Um, it hasn't interfered yet. So mm -hmm. I can say that much. Yeah. Uh, there might be a, there there might be a time, yeah. yeah. Like, um, oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's a, a, a very different experience yeah. to... to you know you're you live there yeah you know that's what the night manager does you know you you make sure everything's in check yeah. you know and, and i know that you know the, the group of guys that we have over there um you know they seem to like you to a certain degree and when you don't extent. have to get on yeah <laughs> it's time to wake up yeah you gotta get up so there's definitely a lot of hard parts but i like what you said you know it is it's fulfilling it is know, it's because very especially you know as long as it's a good uh you know, back and forth and all that, because you you get to talk to the guys on the porch. You get oh yeah, you, you just get to yeah. And and if you did do anything, now they see who you are now. Right? They're like, wow, we only knew the old Jeremy, but yep. now we know the new Jeremy. That's like one of the guys was uh, I was just talking to the other day, and he was only his whole thing when he got there was first is I want I'm going to get off this house arrest, and as soon as I get off this house arrest, I'm out. Mm -hmm. Now he's talking about I want to stay the eight months. I want to get my life back straight. I realize I got too far away from God. I want God more involved in my life. He's, he's starting to ask me a whole lot of questions about who God is, what's about, hey man, why do you, you know, what's happened with you and you? So I'm starting to, dude, it's like, <laughs> you start getting that little bit of excitement because it's like, you got all these guys are starting to ask the God questions or, hey, what's your take on this, man? Or, you know, this and that. And I'm like, well, dude, this is what happened to me. when I said, when God did this, when this happened, God did this. And so it's a lot more give and take now. And that, that's, dude, I'm getting cold. So it gets like exciting. It's like, yeah, they're finally getting it. This is awesome. <laughs> yeah, that, that's awesome, Jeremy. And, um, you know, God's doing a lot with you right now. You know, maybe more than what a lot of people could even handle. You know, because, I mean, 
and that just shows you that God has put you in a place, you know, from your past and, and all that's and helped you through it. And, and now you can, you can, you know, really can help a lot of people in a lot of spots where a lot of believers couldn't because they've never been there. Um, you know, and, and having all this go on, you know, people can start to question, you know, just about all the things you're sharing, about sharing your testimony and, and working at the men's house and doing the life recovery class, going to a college and getting to share your testimony and all those things. And, you know, some people could wonder, you know, how can I get God to do that in my own life? You know, you know, for whatever reason, um, maybe they have a felony. Maybe, you know, you know, who knows what's going on in some of these people's lives? Yeah. You know, what would you say? That, how, how, how could God help them in whatever situation that they have? Are you talking like somebody who has accepted Christ or who, somebody who's been a Christian for a while? or Someone who's been a Christian, yeah. Who's a believer, who okay. knows God's powerful, who knows God can, can move in their life, but it just doesn't seem like it's happening. Okay, so there's, there's a scripture in the Bible that says, do, do not put thy Lord God to the test, right? But when I got saved, I said, if God wants me, he's got to prove it because I'm done with faith. So there's both aspects of that. So I'm going out from personal experience and biblical test. I think God asks for that test if it's said in a good manner. So like if you're already a Christian and you're wondering what to get into next, go, look, God, I mean, you're going to have to show me something because I don't know what's going on. I want to help, but I don't know what to do. Or if they're wanting to get into something, just lay it down on God. If God wants you to do it, he'll lead you to it. And, mm -hmm. Yeah, that rhyme. That's pretty cool. <laughs> I need to write that down. Um, but you have to ask. If you don't ask, the only reason you don't get anything, if I would have never asked God for an expungement, I don't think it would have happened. Yeah. You know, my brother could have been the best attorney in the world. But if God wasn't involved in it, it wouldn't have, it wouldn't have went anywhere. It would have been shot down. That would have yeah. been it. So I think you have to ask God. God, if you're a Christian, God wants you to ask for things. Because yeah. that way he can prove to you he's real. He's there. He's he's part of your life. He's, he's wanting a relationship. Mm -hmm. If you don't ask, it's like not ever asking your dad for the money to buy a car. You know, if you don't ask him, you ever going to get that Corvette? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you need to ask. Always ask. Ask all the time. Not just once you're, oh, okay, God, you yeah. know. Dude, I got a big old white marker board in my bedroom, and when I get prayer requests from like the girls or the guys, or whatever. I tell them, look, here's the deal. I put whatever the request is up on the board, and I pray for it every day for a week. I said, because I think after a week, God's like, really, Jeremy? You just asked me this a hundred. So, my personal take yeah. on it. So I put that on the board, and I list on the board other requests, and then the next week I start on a whole new list on a whole different subject. Mm -hmm. So I would say you have to keep asking sometimes. Um, because I think God reveals himself sometimes in a manner that you're not accustomed to. Remember when I told you God connects dots and we're with? That's because we're not accustomed to the way God will move things for something to happen. But after it does, and you look back and you're like, that had to happen just for that to happen, for that to happen. And I prayed about it then, and I prayed about it there. Now it's, oh, we are far mm -hmm. from understanding how God's thought process is. But... He does things in ways that we don't understand. So as a Christian, you got to look out for that. Yeah. And, and, you know, you see these stories, especially in the Old Testament, where God is already moving before they've even right. prayed, before they've cried <laughs> out. Um, and, and, and I think he still does that same thing. Yeah. And we'll, sometimes we miss it. You're right. Sometimes we don't yeah. see it till we look back. Um, and, and, and that's okay to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. um, but 
but that's we've talked about it you know before in this podcast the idea of you know you always got to be watching for 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 where god is moving um and and i see god moving in your life and, and you talked about i mean you gotta ask mm-hmm. you know the, the word says that when you ask he does immeasurably more than what we ask yes but if we don't ask, like you said, you know, if you never ask your dad for the cash to to get the car, Corvette, you're, you're yeah. definitely not going to get the Corvette. Yeah, yeah you're Corvette. definitely not going to get the Corvette. <laughs> yeah. um, and we see throughout the Bible where God tells us to ask. Right. We've got to ask. And your actions also have to back the ask, right? Mm-hmm. So, pastor comes to me and says, Jeremy, uh, you know, you want to start doing this class? I don't know about all that. Well, do half a class. I'm like, okay, I'll do half. So, you have to have that willingness too to step out of your comfort zone. Every time I've ever heard anybody have a good testimony or really get started like you, okay? For example, God asked you, I want you to be a preacher. And you're like, uh-uh. <laughs> so what'd you have to do to become a preacher? You had to step outside your comfort yeah. zone. Um, you had to keep praying about it. You and God had to keep wrestling with it. Yep. You know, because you're gonna, there's a time you're gonna wrestle. I don't wanna do this, God. Please don't make me do this. It took two years. Yeah. So. But you have to be willing to step out. Now, you can ask all you want, right? That's a one-sided, I call that a one-sided ask. It's like when you're always at the store and you're asking your mom over and over again, can I have that candy? Can I have that candy? Can I have that candy? The action would be you grabbing it, mom going, no, you can't have it. You get her attention then, right? Because you reach for it. It's kind of like you don't, if you don't do something towards the ask, Yeah. you know what I mean? You need to at least take a step forward, even if it's an uncomfortable step towards the ask. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So if you're wanting to step into ministry, if you're wanting to step in to help somebody, you can't just keep asking and not do anything towards it. If you want to help people, next time you see a homeless person or you want to go or you want to help someone, go, okay, I'm going to go down yeah. to the mill ministry and ask if they need help tonight. Mm-hmm. You know, just to step in, to step into that. Once you step into that role, you got to take the steps because God, what does it say? You move closer to God and God will move closer to you. Mm-hmm. I don't know the verses. I know they're in the church in the sanctuary. It's James 4, 4, I think. Yeah. See, I'm still a fairly new Christian because I don't have all that memory. I can tell you it's in the Bible. I always say consult the Google. Yeah. <laughs> consult Google on it if you want to know for sure. I know it's in there. But, yeah, it's that moving towards God and Him moving towards you. So you need to move with the mm-hmm. ask. Yeah. If you can. The way that I kind of look at it, too, is, you know, God, when, when He's calling us, He's, he's almost calling us to come. Mm-hmm. He's, I mean, there are some, don't get me wrong, there are some times where he'll, he'll do that, but where, where he'll push you. But most of the time, God wants you to take that step. Right. He wants you to take that step towards whatever he's calling you to, because mm-hmm. he's telling you to come. I want you to come here. And then when, like you, when you said, um, with that, with that verse in James, is when you start to draw closer to him, he will draw closer mm-hmm. to you. Um, and especially for me, when it came to preaching, it, it's like I took a step and God jumped towards me because <laughs> it happened fast. And you could probably say the same thing with the life recovery class. You yep. took that one step. One step, then it was like, you're doing it. Yeah. Um, the then, next week, it was like the next week. Yeah. And You ready for your you first know, class? And God will do it. Sometimes uh, if, we're, if, if God really wants us in a spot, oh yeah, he'll push you. If yep. it, and you don't, but you don't want to be pushed because it doesn't always feel good. Yeah. Um, that's all I would say to that, but... You know, like you said, you got to ask and you got to be obedient to what God's called mm-hmm. you to. And and ultimately, God's really not going to, he's not going to use someone who doesn't talk to him. He's not going to use somebody that um, doesn't follow what he says. Right. Because none of the things that you've talked about really are about you. Right. Ultimately. 
They're about God. God. They're about God working in your life. A life recovery class. You teach it, but ultimately it's about whatever God wants to do with that class. Right. Um, And I know, and I say that because you've talked to me about it, and I know your heart to it, and um, you know. And just and just because you screw up doesn't mean that God's going to drop you. I mean, trust me. Still been having thirty years of one lifestyle and switching over. God helped me with that transition, but I still screw up all the time, Mm -hmm. dude. And just because I screw up doesn't mean I'm not going to keep trying to fulfill what God wants me to do the, to the best of my ability. Yeah. It's like the reason, you know, the reason you don't say something or you don't go somewhere or, you know, I can't go, I can't go sit in a bar even if I'm there just to shoot pool. Because what's the optics on that? Yeah. Somebody goes, man, that guy teaches a drug and alcohol class and he's supposed to be a Christian. He's in there shooting pool. I've seen him in such and such bar. Mm-hmm. You know, God doesn't want... If God puts you on something, he also expects you to have a certain respect for whatever he's called you to. Mm-hmm. So that's why you won't catch Jeremy inside bars. You won't see, you know what I mean? Or, or doing things like that because it's just not me anymore. Yeah. I don't, there's a certain give and take on that side. See, of it. And, and I like that you said that because, you know, with that Ezekiel verse that he's given you, you know, a heart of flesh and not a heart of stone, put a new spirit in you, all that. Because God does that, it also changes our faces it changes our places it changes our attitudes it changes your your attitude is totally different oh, yeah. from what it used to be that's only because god had changed your heart and your spirit and all those things that that verse talks about mm-hmm. um and and that's a slow that can be a slow process mm-hmm. so so i'd say you know if if you'd recently be set you know have been saved um don't think that everything is just going to be fine and dandy right off the get-go because we're not promised that anyways or everything you do is going to completely damn you yeah because I mean, if you've been saved you're saved indeed so it, you mm-hmm. can get like one of the things i find in christianity when somebody becomes a new christian they try to follow all the rules at once Right, they're all like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I just screwed up. I did that again. I, I'm, I'm, man, I just yep. screwed up my whole salvation, yep. dude. This is so hard because I got to follow all these." No, God gives you this, the the Holy Spirit, and that Holy Spirit gives you conviction. So if you're trying to go back to your old life, I tell I tell everybody in class, it's the little man in the back of your head. There's this little back man in the back of your head, which is the Holy Spirit. that goes, "Don't do that. You're going to get in trouble." When you become a Christian, you start listening to that voice more and you're going to find out your life becomes better because that little voice is God trying to guide and direct you because he loves you. Mm-hmm. That's that, that little voice that says, don't do that. You're going to be in trouble. I said, you're still going to do stuff to mess up. That doesn't mean you just screwed up your walk or God hates you or anything. I said, God will never hate you, man. He, mm-hmm. He's love. I said, he's going to give you every opportunity to come to him and say, hey, look, I screwed up. Because that's the nature of the relationship. Mm-hmm. I said, so don't be overwhelmed. That's my biggest thing to a new Christian. Don't get overwhelmed. Dude, you're going to be a screw-up just like I was. Mm-hmm. You know, I was cussing for a long time when I first got saved, man. And then it kind of, I started feeling convicted when I started saying certain things. And it was like, yeah, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> you know, I get to different yeah. parts and be like, okay. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so God has, you know, he's done so much. Uh and, and all you know, you can you, you thank him for it, you know, and you keep pushing, you keep doing what he's called you to do, um, you know, just being able to experience things you've never experienced, get to see God move probably even more, um, you know, than you ever had before. Obviously, yeah, pretty amazing. Um, it's such an amazing thing. Um, so Jeremy, why don't you just give the people watching uh, and listening, you know, your final thought to God moving uh, in your life? Okay. Um, well, first and foremost, I am going to say the men's house number and the New Life Men's Fellowship number 
is 260-388-0029 and Carl is the director. So if you call their car, I'll give you a rundown on what the program has, what the rules and regs are. Um, personally, um, if you come there, man, I'll do my best to help you out. Um, we'll walk beside you. We're not gonna, you know, you know, I'm not gonna hold your hand through the whole process, but we'll walk beside you to help you get what's going on. That's the biggest thing. Um, and my final thought on it would be, if you want your life to change and you want anything to change in your life for the good, get God involved in it. Mm. Um, if God wasn't involved in my life, where would I, what would I still be doing? I'd still be using drugs. I'd still be out running around being stupid, doing things against society and everything in general. But the fact that I, you know, gave my life to God and we have a relationship, not, and it's not just God going, you will do what I, <laughs> it's, it's a relationship. I respect you, God. You're giving me all the stuff and these blessings and giving me the opportunities to become a different person. It's that mutual respect that takes place. Um, but yeah, you need to look towards God for your life to be straight. It's that simple. I've seen it over. I've seen so many people. I will say this out of all the recovery that I've been teaching, the only people that I see actually make it in recovery are people that's found God mm -hmm. and gotten saved. Mm -hmm. Everybody else can go to all the AA meetings or NA meetings they want. The only true change I see take place is if the God's involved in it. And that's, that's my story. I'm sticking to seriously, dude. That's all the people I've seen, you know, do the program and work out. It's because God's got a hand in it. Mm -hmm. So that's my final thought. Let God put his hands on you. <laughs> that's my final thought. Yeah, absolutely. So our weekly verse this week is Psalms 37, 23 and 24, which says the Lord makes firm the steps of the one who hold, who delights in him. Though he may stumble, he will not fall for the Lord the Lord upholds him with his hand. So that concludes our episode for this week. Um, if you uh, like this episode, um, if you know someone who's struggling with uh, drugs and alcohol or, or other uh, things in their life, share the, share this episode with them. Um, if you know someone who, who needs God to move in their life, show this episode to them. Hopefully it would be an encouragement uh, to them and um, Jeremy, thank you for being on. Yeah, no problem, man. Um, I'm sure this won't be the last yeah, time. I'm sure we'll have you on. Yeah, again. I plan on being around church for quite some yeah. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's always it's always fun to have you on and, and get to talk about what God's doing in your life. And um, so, if you have a comment about this episode, you can comment down below. Um, if you have a, a suggestion for another episode, um, you can comment down below or, or email us at kingdomfaith2001 at gmail.com. And as always, thank you for listening to Kingdom Faith. You gotta say adios. Adios. <laughs>